With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another Virial USA podcast. This is Alan in sunny California. Um, the first really warm day we've had here. And um, I'm joined by Robin from what? Is it is it raining in York? What is it doing? Well, we've had three days of really hot summer weather, but now they're threatening snow with us. So um, to be <laughs> honest, I don't actually know, but I've just come from the park of drinking beers in a really nice summery York. So I'm, I'm pretty... Oh, that's great. That's great. It should be okay, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good. So, all right. So that's your weather report from, from Virial USA. Um, but we, we have a few things to talk about, I guess. Um, the international break, which we all hate, um, but kind of came at a good time in some ways for us, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely share the hatred of international breaks, and I think every average football fan probably does, unless they're extremely patriotic or have a really good team to watch. Uh, being English, it's always slightly more controversial with us. Although I would say the USA team seems to be quite good at the moment. They seems to be quite highly rated. I don't want to jinx what's happening there but that's anyway I digress in terms of yeah international breaks I think it was it was a very good time we coming back from two really well wins really which was something that quite surprised I think a few of us so in terms of if it's a good or a bad thing I don't know because it depends on the the game against Granada really doesn't it because if we come back with Granada and it's a win then that run's going to continue if not, then maybe that 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 break is ill fated. Um, how, how do you feel about it? Well, I think I think we had players, um, and I'm thinking particularly of Danny Parejo, who I, I just think this this season has been so long it, it, because we it's really almost been starting in March last year, going through without a significant break. So I think at this point two weeks off or a week off for, for a player is, is a good thing. Um, we just have seen so many muscle injuries and I'm sure that's got a lot to do with it. And so I think giving a break to people like Danny, um, is good. I think giving a break to, um, well, I mean, Powell has been injured recently, but you know, Albiol, um, definitely having a break for him is good. Um, and, then the um, issue with Gerard coming off right at the end of our last match with with a possible injury, having a having a week of no league match where he could sort of rehab it was probably good too. So overall, I I think it's okay. I don't sense that for whatever reason. I don't, and maybe it's the lack of crowds or whatnot. I don't feel a sense of momentum shifting back and forth as much this season with our team as in as in some other seasons. So I, I guess on balance, anything that we give up on, on uh, momentum after two wins is more than offset by giving uh, people a break who really need it. Uh, Manu Trigueros being another one, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it will be interesting to kind of hear. How did you feel about those last two games? I know it was a bit of a while ago, so I'd, you know. Yeah. Um... Did you feel like we deserved to win them? It was a really good sign. We massively improved. I know they were slightly lower division teams, and I think not the lower division, at the bottom end of the table. Like we've, we've had so up and down, so I completely understand people's cynicalism if that's the right word, at this point, before those two games. And I certainly have to admit that I was one, really, because I, I don't. I was really worried about that run of, of draws. That was, yes. that was really, yes. really bad. And I think we have to acknowledge that. Those two games were an improvement. I hope it springs on something. In terms of the... Sorry, I'm digressing from your point again. With Gerard, that was... What was funny about the Gerard injury, I, I, and I think it was quite an interesting thing, he basically sprinted for that goal as fast as I've ever seen him run. Because like with Gerard, he's great. He's a really great player. But sprinting that amount of distance isn't his game. He's not Fernando Torres sprinting right. that distance. So he, he sprinted all that way and then held his hamstring. I was just like, that was so strange to see, but understandable. Yes, um, yes. An understandable injury. Did you feel that as well with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, overall, I'm, you know, I'm kind of... I'm not quite sure to what degree I should play Zach here and say, well, you know, over the course of the season, things tend to even out because it did seem to me as though we played better, um, at least for, for stretches of both those matches. But would you say it was such a massive improvement that you were comfortable with both wins all the way along? No, I think, um, I think that we won two matches that, you know, we could have, we, on balance, we probably, you know, we were the better side. We had the more um, expected goals, whatever. So I think on balance, the, the score lines were fair, but we've seen those sorts of matches um, earlier in, at other times in the season, especially against some of the lower division, lower sides in the table where we've ended up in one, one draws. So I think, you know, over, things do tend to even themselves out a bit. Um, I think it's, on the one hand, it's always a glass half full, glass half empty issue. On the one hand, with our reliance on Gerard right now, I mean, he's either assisted or scored our, what, last 12 goals or something. On the mm. one hand, that's great because you see how, how informed he is. On the other hand, it's like other people have to step up. Um, you know, I mean, Alcacer has really, um, I just don't think he's been right since that injury in December. Yeah, I, I, I can, like I, and I always confess this on every podcast we do. I, I'm not Alcacer's biggest fan and, and you and Zach and, and everyone knows that because even when we first signed him, I, I was cynical, which yes, is, yes, yes. Not, I'm not one to kind of, um, uh, to be negative about a player, but I, I was worried about that signing from the start, and I'd really admit that. If if in the long run he proves me completely wrong, then I'm going to be more than happy with that. Like, I'd never go back on my word and say, oh, I didn't think he was, you know, I, I didn't think he was a bad signing. But for me, when, when you look at him on the pitch, he's not always... It's, it's difficult because he, I don't really relate to him as a striker. I, he's not my sort of striker, so I don't want to criticise him on that point of view, but I think he's not... 
he's not playing to what I expect of his role so much. He, he sort of disappears quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I do generally think of him it's more psychological than lack of ability because he certainly proved his ability over the years. But there's something looks like he's... I, I said this expression to a friend, but he looks like someone shot his dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the middle of a bit, he looks like so yeah, down. Yeah. And well, I don't yeah, stand it, by. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me, and I hope this is not a parallel that plays out. You, you remember that Gio Dos Santos had a, had a really great year with us um, his first year, and then he got injured and when he came back, he never seemed to have the confidence anymore. It was like whenever he would take on a player one-on-one -on -one after that injury, he was always sort of looking to pass the ball to someone else or, or just didn't have any confidence that he was going to beat the defender and get a shot in. And, and I wouldn't say it's to that extent with Paco, but he has seemed as though... He's when an opportunity has presented itself, he's just been that split second late or has hesitated in, okay, where do I, what do I do with this? You know, where when he was scoring and, and, you know, before he was injured, it was more automatic reflex. And I think he's the kind of player, but that's really what works for him is, is, you know, a chance presents itself. He just doesn't even think about it. He lobs the keeper or, or he, or he, you know, cracks a shot into the top corner or something. And, and I would imagine if you ask him later, you know, to describe the goal, it would be, well, that's just what I did. You know, <laughs> there's, there's no thought process involved. So maybe he's thinking too much. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw him since the injury and he's definitely passed it more. Uh, probably his assists have gone up, which has been great. I don't know. I, I just don't know kind of what's going through his head. And I, I, I feel for him, but then at the same time, I, I look at, I don't know if it's formation or just that, but he's just, I don't know, it's, it's hard, isn't it, when you've got Gerard that's doing so well, yeah. and then you sort of, it's like almost that Rossi comparing to Neymar, but Neymar was brilliant kind of working with that and still played off quite, I mean, Gerard has certainly said in the past that he has a really good connection with Alcacer. I personally don't see it, which is really, really bad to say. And also, mm -hmm. I think we have to acknowledge in those last two games that we've won, Carlos Bakker has started both of those, hasn't he? I, I think yes. that's the case. And we've won those two games. And I, I'm not saying that Carlos Bakker is the sudden saviour for us or anything like that. Certainly not. But uh, I don't know if that does play into it at all, really. I like, I, I like Carlos Bakker, but he, he's got different kinds of issues to Alcacer in the sense that he's older. Yes. And he's off that bit of pace, really. Whereas Alcacer's, I think, is more psychological, really. So, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I like Fernino, and and everyone knows that he's my preference out of the out of all the strikers alongside Gerard. But then I don't know how well he would do. And the same thing, but it's in, how, how do you feel about Carlos Bakker and, and uh, that two, two victory thing? You yeah, know, I don't I, want to disrespect Alcacer, but I think there's something in that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think with all three of them, it's like between. I mean, there there are different issues. I think with with each. I mean, Alcacer we've we've talked about, and I think I think he's he's. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure he's not a hundred percent physically. I you know exactly how far away from a hundred percent. I don't know. Maybe not that far now. I think again, having the break might have helped him. Um, but 
definitely there's a bit of a psychological issue there. And I think with Baca, it's more just physical that he's he's at the age where he's lo- he's lost a little a little bit of a of a step and that's going to be important on the other hand he's still a crafty goal scorer and Fernino is young he needs to develop his body more and needs to figure out how to use his he, he's he's got talent. He needs to learn tricks. I guess is how I would how I would put it. Strength as well with him, isn't it? I think we yeah, all acknowledge yeah, that. He's, he needs yeah, he's yeah. I think he needs to. I think he needs to spend some time in the weight room and really um, work on his on his strength, on his upper body strength, because he's he's the kind of guy who can put away chances around the goal pretty nicely if he can muscle the defender out of the way. Um, Right now, that's that's not so easy for him. I also think he's at. You don't want to start him and play him ninety minutes for two or three matches in a row. I just I just think he's still learning, and and um, so coming off the bench is is fine. Um, but I'd say between the three of them, you maybe have two complete strikers. It's just it's divided among the three, and you and you're kind of. I think Emery um, is sort of going with Baca right now because he's he's been a bit of the hot hand. I mean, he scored, the, uh, you know, recently where Paco, I think, um, you sort of want to give him time to recover before it gets to be worse than it is in terms of a, in terms of a psychological thing. It's almost like a... Um, uh, an American baseball player in a slump where you go 0 for 20 at the plate. Well, how long do you want to keep putting this guy out there thinking he's going to get a hit, or do you want to give him a few days off and then bring him back, that kind of thing? And I think Emery tried to sort of play through um, Paco's problems for a bit and has decided, you know, let's give him a little time and and um, and he can come back hopefully better than than ever. So. And I can't argue with that. Yeah, I think we also have to acknowledge at this point as well that Moy was also dropped in those two games and that might have also been instrumental in it. So, I mean, I I certainly agree, I think. And I think I said this on a comment thing was just like, if Alcacer and Moy have both been dropped, it might be good for them in the sense that they rebound. I I know Moy is certainly one that rebounds better, doesn't he, when he's sort of dropped or when he's... That and I would hope that I'll cast that, but I think we do we do have to acknowledge that with with Moy Gomez being dropped. I mean, both I I readily admit that at the start of the season I was a massive Moy fan. I was impressed with how he sort of changed a lot since you know when the early days when we knew him. He has trickled out quite a lot in the sense that you know you have ten minutes of really good game and then he just completely disappears. I'd be interested to hear like can you what's your opinion on on Moy? So far as well, if we take away out the Alcacer Alnudum because I think yeah. I think those two games not having Moy there has made a difference in, yeah, in a weird I, way. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I differ from you on Moy, where I've always rated him, and I I know at the start of the season I was delighted because you finally admitted. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I'll you did. And and <laughs> uh, but I think you're probably. I I think your analysis is pretty much right. I think that he's. He's been a player in recent weeks who's who's tended to sort of drift in and out of matches, and he'll and he'll sometimes be very effective in the first twenty thirty minutes, and then sort of fade away. And so I think having um, and at the same time, 
you've got um, you've got uh, a need to sort of rotate some players up front because Samu is healthy again, and I think um, giving Moy some time off is probably good. I I really feel a lot of a lot of what we're seeing is we've been complaining about the fact that Emery has been changing formations sometimes, but not so often the players. And I think part of that is just that, I mean, he's learning as he goes with this team. And I think maybe over the last couple of weeks, he's sort of had some insights into Moy and, and, um, and, and uh, Paco. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you, you know, you can't say, well, the fact that this player was benched is why we won. But I think it did make a difference, the fact that we had a, we had a different um, lineup out there. Yeah, I think that leads quite quite nicely to the, so there was a transfer rumor today, wasn't it? Uh, I'd be interested to hear what you thought about this, but there was, was it Delfeo from uh, Undanese? I think, I hope I pronounced that right, from Italy, there was a link with that. Yeah. What's your, what's your feelings on, on that side, well, possible oh. side? So don't want to get carried away. Yeah, well, my initial reaction, especially when I hear anything involving an Italian club, is to be skeptical because, um, <laughs> you know, there, there are one or two Italian sources that I trust and, and the rest is just sort of rumor mill, um, you know, in the best style of the English tabloids, I guess. But, um, you know, he's the kind of player that, at one level, it sort of makes sense because he is a player who came up in Spain um, with with Barcelona. He's he's always had a lot of talent. I didn't see him play much at Everton. I'm sure Zach did and, and could and could comment more about it. But I think he did fairly well there. Um, I you know so it's possible, but I'm not sure I would. We're also a good team for for agents to throw out there for. Oh, you know, Virial is looking at my guy, so I'm yeah. not. I'm kind of. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I I I, I completely agree. I, I, I generally have to admit, I think Zach is probably better a person to kind of give his opinion on Dofo with that sort of. Like I I remember him. I I don't watch Premier League at all, but I remember him being quite highly rated at Watford and, and Everton by most most of my like Premier League fanatic friends. So they rate him, and what I would say is that he's quite versatile, so he could play on either wing. So I can kind of see why he might be more like why we might approach that kind of idea because we remember we were looking at Vitolo for Atletico Madrid. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah think that I can I can see why they might look at him I don't know how good he is but he I would say he's probably more of a winger and more that attacking left winger than than possibly Moy is so I can kind of see that a bit I think there was a lot of sort of discussion about how Ontiveros might come back to us you know this being linked with this player how does that sort of left wing really work because I mean people talk about Pedraza and be, I, I, I've never seen Pedraza as a left winger. I, like, I, I rate him as a left back or left wing back or whatever, but I don't necessarily rate him as a left winger because I think generally as a left left winger you need to be quick on your feet and very clear. And I see, I feel Pedraza is more like a long distance sprinter. He takes time to kind of gear up for that. So yeah. I don't see yeah. Pedraza on that left wing at all, really. So 
it's interesting to kind of so I'm going off a tangent as usual, but it'd be interesting to see if I can see why we might look at Delfeo generally. Um, yeah, I can see why we might, but here's but here's the, the the reason why we might not, I suppose, is that if you look at attacking midfielders or wingers or however you want to characterize them. We've already got, as you said, Antiveros on loan. We've got um, Ivan Martin, who's on loan at um, Mirandes and is is very good, um, and I think is was going to be clamoring to get into the first team next year. Now he might be more of a of a Trigueros um, attacking midfielder type than than a than a Antiveros type, but. I don't know. I mean, I think it, it sort of begs the question, um, it, it, if we brought somebody in like that, would we be looking to see departures, uh, a, a departure of somebody like Moy, or would we decide to bail on Ontiveros, or you know, what, would we, what would we do? Um, because it, it just feels like we've got a lot of midfielders at the mm. moment. Yeah, I I, completely, I was going to kind of come on to that point because I think it did create a lot of discussion in the last comment feeds was we've got quite a lot of centre midfielders, haven't we, really? Like, you've got Ebora coming back, you've got Baeno who's up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Kapue's obviously not, I wouldn't say necessarily replaced Ebora. It'd be interesting to see what other people felt about this because I, I don't really have a, such a strong opinion on it, but I... Personally, I prefer Kapue to Abora, um, and I know that's probably going to be slightly controversial. Uh, I'm, I'm not quaking in my boots about that, but like I, I, you know, I, I think Kapue offers a lot more than Abora going forward. And I know people have had problems with Papareko. Papareko, I know how to pronounce it normally. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, so, I'd be interested. How do you feel about that midfield a bit? Because I mean, me and you absolutely love Trigueros. He, we're his massive. Probably me and you are his biggest fans of Trigueros in the midfield. I, I love Trigueros a bit. Yeah, me too. The rest of the midfield, I don't know how to rate them at all. I, I like Kapue a lot, and I think he's definitely covered that defensive midfielder role really, really well. The rest yeah. of them, I don't know how to rate them, really. Yeah, so it, it is hard. It is there. hard. And and in, in fairness, this is something that has been an issue for Virial going back years. Um and I mean, I can remember having debates five years ago when we were definitely playing a four-four-two double pivot under Marcelino about where Trigueros should play in the midfield and should he be in the pivot or should he be somewhere else. And it's like, and and I still think that in a lot of ways we've we have because of the injury to Ebora, um, I think particularly we've we've sort of overbooked ourselves at at center midfield i would say i would say the injury to abora plus the fact that cocalan is uh basically good for about 90 minutes every three weeks at uh, or mm-hmm. ha- you know so i think i'm not sure how to rate them all either i mean i feel like i feel like parejo has done a everybody says he's doing a great job and he certainly, I guess I am not as enthused about him as the statistics show. And that's just, I feel like a lot of, a lot of what 
he does and what some of our other um, players do is slow the game down, and I guess I'm not really used to that. Um, Kapu, I've, I've, I've liked. Um, Kokolan, I've liked when he's been healthy, but that hasn't been very often. Um, but I do think Ibora still offers you, um, he certainly offers you height in, in the center of midfield, and he offers you some um, some physicality, but I don't know that, that you got otherwise. So, and he, he's a very experienced player. So, yeah, I mean, we, I, I feel again, we're going to have a, in, in the summer season when he, when he's healthy and able to, to play, we're going to have some decisions to make there as to what to do. Yeah, it, it's really, really interesting. I, I'm the same with you, Pereka. Like, I, you know, I'm not a massive stats person, as a lot of people know. Um, but in terms of that, I, I agree. I think his passing stats, people have raved about how good his passing stats are. But if they're, if you're playing a quick one-two with loads of players and just very short passes, your stats are going to be brilliant because no one's going to get near you, but you're not really progress, progressively going forward. So I, I really rate mm-hmm. Pereka. But his passing stats and some of those passes overhead have been absolutely brilliant. Some of them yes. really beautiful overhead balls, and we certainly have to acknowledge that. But progressively, he has really slowed down. And if if I would have, like, if we had a midfield next season with Ibora, I suppose Kapuwe and Pareko, that is the slowest midfield I could possibly ever think of in terms of in terms of going forward. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I dread to think how slow that would be. Like Ibora was, he was very, very slow. I'm sorry to say, but yeah. progressively going forward, he offered very little going forward attacking. And I think that's very much down to the role he was expected to play. So it'd be interesting to see if when Ibora comes back, if he's going to be some sort of more attacking going forward midfielder. Um, he was under Sevilla, wasn't he? So Yeah, he was, but that's a while ago now. And yeah, exactly. I'm getting yeah. my hopes up there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a while ago, and and um, I'm not. I know when he was when he first joined us, he did try to get further forward, and it didn't seem yeah. like it worked. It seemed like he was always getting in the way of somebody. And yeah. sorry, you know, do you remember he? We played him up front once. Yeah, I'm sure Garcia played him up front once, and that was absolutely. It's like playing Mario Gaspar in goal, or. In Gerard Moreno's role, it just looked wrong. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, can't, I can't remember what match that was, but I do remember that. And <laughs> and uh, and he, yeah. I mean, I think he's he's excellent as a as a target on corners and things like that. But I don't think he's he's really somebody that's that's set up to be um, to be an, an attacking midfielder now. Plus, as we say, we've, we've got so many attacking midfielders. It's not as if we can say, Oh, well, you know, we've got the, we've got the defensive role covered here. So you go play up front. We, because we're shorthanded there, we're not. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you look at, you look at our roster and in part because of buys we've had to make, due to injuries and in part because of players who have emerged, um, young players, um, again, partly due to injuries, we've got a horde of, of players at a number of positions that this summer we're going to have to, um, you know, there's no way that they're all going to stick around. So, yeah. so adding somebody like Dale Feo doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me unless we're essentially going to rejig the entire 
um, set up, up up in the in the midfield, and I'm not sure that you know I'm not sure that Emery wants to do that. But I but I hope that he's seen that. To me, the biggest drawback we've had this season is the failure to put teams away when we're when we're ahead, and the failure to really press home our advantage with with quick play. I feel like we we score a goal and then we just sort of slow down. Yeah, that's that's definitely my biggest frustration this season. I, I think I put this on one of my comments. It was like the walking thing really, really and I'm not allowed am I allowed to say pissing pisses me off. It really yes, yes. pisses me off. Since you did when we've yes. just got players <laughs> just slowly walking forward with the ball. And I don't know if it's some weird tactic, but then the rest of the squad in front of them isn't moving for the ball or looking for the ball. It's so frustrating to watch, especially after we, you know, we score a goal. I mean, one of my frustrations this season, and I don't know, I haven't got the stats about this, but when we've got VAR decisions or winning on penalties, I get so frustrated because I just think we we should be pushing through with these goals. So if we go 1-0 down or get a penalty, we need to prove and we really need to press and and finalise the game and win it out. And that's... Yeah, when I see players walking, that's just beyond frustrating for me. Like under Marcelino, if it was Marcelino, and I don't want to compare Emery and Marcelino, Marcelino would never have taken players walking like that for me. I, I mean, how do you feel about? Do, have you noticed that, or is that just me being being mad? Uh, well, I hadn't noticed that. I mean, I think you're overreacting a little bit, but <laughs> but I do I do think that what's been noticeable is that I guess in a good way, I would say it's made me appreciate Santi Cazorla all the more because you realize, especially that last year with us, that, I mean, we got used to watching him do incredible things <laughs> as far as, right. as far as um, you know, diagonal passes and, and everything else that to, to spring players forward that you're just not, not going to see that from very many players in the world <laughs> and we were yeah. lucky to enjoy it, and and so I I think in some ways we're sort of suffering from comparing everybody to to Santi in terms of well you know that that was a nice diagonal ball but look how long it stayed up in the air and and that gave the other team time to to regroup and and everything I I don't know I I do feel as though there's a lack of pace overall in the team and again I don't know I just find as a fan this is the longest season I've ever been through I mean I, I find it hard to believe it's only April 1st and I have a, and I am sure a lot of it is just all the the fact that we don't have fans in the stands we all the COVID stuff everything that we're living through and I just wonder how much of that is affecting the players too I, I don't know but I but I was thinking about that today. It was like, oh my, you know, look how much soccer there still is to be played. And it feels like we've been through an entire season already. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. It, it really is. Like, I, I think the, the injury perspective that we talked about mid-season, I must admit, I was sort of slightly cynical about about that idea. Like, I, I struggle to see it as a massive reason but I definitely feel it's felt in you know the lack of pre-season proper mm -hmm. warm-ups and breaks and stuff I, I do feel it has come into it but last thing I want to do is say that 
you know, like fundamentally, I, I certainly see Emery sort of obviously keeping his job and everything. I, that, that's not going to happen that we would get rid of him based on this season or anything like that. It'd be interesting to see next season if it's the same thing. Like if, if you, you know me, you, like we've known each other a very long time. You know, I'm normally the really overly positive one. So I'm trying desperately not, not to be cynical in any way or form. I, I hope that things improve next season because... It, it, I'm going off on a tangent again, but under Kayeka, I can accept these sort of results being this quite low under under the table because you're not really have that expectation. With Emery, I would expect at least top five and the same situation with Europe. We haven't really talked about the Europa League, so this is the kind of avenue I'm going down. Yeah. Uh, so we. I'd be interested. How how do you feel about sort of our current position in the season and the Europa League in in a general perspective of it? Do you feel like it's it's a good we're at a good stage, or do you feel like we could be doing better at this point? Well, I guess to me, I just keep coming back to, and I I know I've said this several times, is I feel as though what we need is some real big success that we can point to and say well, we may not have done all these things, but we did this. And whether doing this is getting to the semis or final of the Europa League, I mean, if, if we get to the final and we win, great, but um, then then there's no argument. But, you know, if, if we can get something out of the season where we can say, yeah, you know, we had some games that didn't go the way we wanted. We thought we hoped we'd be a little better overall, but we can hang our hats on this. Then I would feel a little better. I, th- I think at the moment the the problem is that we haven't really done anything to get people excited about us. And I think the hiring of Emery at the start of the season, we were all prepared to be excited. You know, this is, you know, this is the guy that we've gone out and hired because we are going to make a push for the first, for the top four. And, and we're going to make a push to win a trophy and, and all this stuff. And I'm not saying you have to do all those things in your first year, but mm-hmm. I think that if we, um, if we get to, if we get into next year and we're sitting here at this time next year in sort of the same situation, then it starts to feel like it doesn't really matter who you have coaching Virial. The upside is sort of limited, you know, <laughs> it doesn't really matter what, what players you put out there and how much money you spend. If we're just going to finish in the same position all the time. And I, I'm not suggesting that I believe that I'm just saying that those sorts of things are going to be coming up. If, if um, a year from now we're in the same situation, yeah, I mean, I we've got a pretty favorable draw against um, Dinamo Zagreb. I mean, anybody at this point is a dangerous opponent, but at least we're favored on paper against them. And um, that would, in, if we get past them, would set us up in all likelihood for an Emery versus Arsenal rematch, which would be interesting, or match, I should say. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's... I think a lot's going to depend on the Europa League because I because I don't think we're going to get, um, depending on the outcome of the Copa and everything, we may end up in, in the Europa League spots or we may end up in this weird conference spot or whatever. So I think winning the Europa League or at least getting to the final is going to, is going to be kind of, that would be a really positive thing from the season. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I certainly agree. I, I'll be honest, I, I haven't got as excited about the Europa League as, as other other um, BRL fans have, which is, I, you know, it's fine. I, I just because I just feel like we haven't really come up against major major competition. Yeah, I, I know that that's strange because we've had we had Sol- was it Salzburg? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we had them who it was it was a great game to watch. Um, I was kind of, to be honest, I'm, I'm happy that we've got that draw, but I always feel, and if you've watched many World Cups over the years, you always play better if you're playing tougher competition in the earlier round because it drives you on to play better in the final rounds. Whereas if you have a more easier run, then you'll end up just being slaughtered in the quarterfinals or semifinals. So personally, I would have preferred if we got like Arsenal or, you know, maybe some of the other tougher sides no. earlier on. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of the Europa League games that we had early on, we we didn't really face major tough competition in our group. So I don't want to dub down the achievements of Europa League. It's really great that we're in there. What I'm worried about, and I, I think some of the fan comments will share, is like our league form hasn't been great, and I think we can all acknowledge that. Right. And do I feel that in the Europa League have we? just been lucky to get to this stage again i feel horrible saying that because i don't want to dub down an achievement yeah yeah i'm just worried that we'll get slaughtered to be honest with you Um, well i think you know i i think though there's also like last year or two years ago sorry when we were playing absolutely horribly in the league and we were in danger of relegation for much of the season or and and certainly in the bottom um half of the table we went out in the Europa League and did really well. And I think um, sometimes being able to sort of go onto a different stage and sort of put your worries from the league aside is, is maybe pretty good. Um, I, 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 I guess I'm sort of not quite going to agree with you, but I do see your point in that we have generally, like against Salzburg, we played well enough to win comfortably. Um, Dinamo Kiev were not a very good side, and we played well enough to win comfortably. We haven't been pushed for 90 minutes of, um, of, a, of a knockout match yet, really. I mean, 90, I'm sorry, 180 minutes, you know, home and away. So I think until, you know, if you, if you think back about against when we've had past Europa League runs, some of the teams we've played, um, uh, yeah, we, we faced tougher competition earlier on. That's not necessarily, I mean, it's great if you win. It's not so great if you lose. We also got knocked out by Roma and, uh, and Lyon um, when those were just really unlucky draws. And I think the, that those years we could have done better, we would have gone farther had we faced... Um, faced a team like that that we could have um losing we could have made it to the semis and lost to them there losing in the round of 32 or 16 you know is never going to feel great so i don't know i'm i think um zagreb is not going to be as easy as kiev was um and i think it's you know i think we have a probably two to one chance to to go through but that's why you play the matches. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, 
and I, that's what I like about our discussions, Alan, is that we always we we, we have two minded approaches to it. So it, it's really it's really good, interesting to do that, and that's what I think is really good about the sort of our comment field is like we have so many different really good comments and opinions on 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 our blog. I think we we don't really acknowledge that as enough enough, do we? But um, yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting. So to see what happens with Europa League and who we end up with. And it's exciting. You know, I think it is something to really look forward to, especially yeah, if we end up is. in the quarter semi-finals. So yeah. for VR fans, it's an exciting time, I think. It I, is. I think uh, the, the, the side of me is that I personally always prefer to do better in the league than Europa League. But as, as I do acknowledge that the Europa League is exciting to watch. And it will be interesting to see what see what happens. You know, if we win, uh, I think Emery certainly proved his point that, you know, it's a worthy signing if we get to the Europa League. Um, yeah. I, say, I, I, I remember those those times as well where we just got to the point. I mean, even in the Champions League, when we are back in the Champions League, you know, the season we got relegated, we were doing well in the Champions League, if I remember rightly. And then we got relegated. So it was a very, very weird season, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Well, we did. We started out okay. I think once Rossi got injured, that pretty much did that. I was I was looking back at that too because we had we had drawn at Manchester City. I think was our first group stage game, and that and then Rossi got hurt, and then then we ended up. Never, Nilmar got hurt too. I remember we ended up having to play um, Jose Lu as a single striker against somebody yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking me back there we'll end up going me and you always end up whenever we have a chat we always end up going down the massive memory memory lane, lane. that's right that's <laughs> right well anyway any last thoughts before we wrap up it's been fun no it's, it's been good i promise i will not come up with anything i only come up with a very controversial point about var or something when when zach and, and, Ra- and raul are in are in the <laughs> are in the conversation so i promise to be quiet this time okay um, all right. i'll think of something next time we get a joint podcast going all right <laughs> and you're not gonna you're not gonna throw in some some uh random comment right now that gets us going for another 15 minutes okay that's great <laughs> I'll, well, I'll keep the Pedraza things to myself. Uh, uh, yeah, we can we can talk about him next time. I should point out that a lot of those comments that I do put in do tend to just try and wind people up to create a bit of conversation. But it's always fun to have a nice discussion about it and have a run because that's what's great about football. We're all celebrating the fact that we all have different opinions and that's right. different countries and stuff. And do you remember that we, me and you, I remember having a very heated discussion about Suarez and the handball rule. Um, oh yes, 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 yes. I was I was thinking of that the other day and I can't remember what brought it to my attention but I was thinking oh yeah Robin wouldn't like that <laughs> yeah I, I had to feed it you might bring it up so I thought I'd mention it at the end of the podcast to acknowledge the fact that I won't talk about how he's a cheating um, little um, there, yeah little there you shot. go there you go all right yes yes that's that's good yes yes no your honor my client steadfastly does not yeah uh, <laughs> denies calling yeah. except when he did yeah okay yeah. anyway um he did not get his teeth into it at all i promise you all right <laughs> okay so anyway we're gonna we're going to we're going to just sign off normally <laughs> hope everybody has Great hope job. everybody has fun um hopefully we'll have a good match against granada um and uh and we will do okay in the europa league but um I'll be putting this up on the blog probably tomorrow so um, people can can hear our insights before then. So thanks, Robin. Great as always. Yeah, great job with you, Alan. Hope, I hope everyone's well as well. Bye. Yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, so, okay. So for Robin, it's Alan saying goodbye from Virial, USA.